Okay, I think we're ready to get going here. Lots of good commotion, especially in the room. So welcome to everybody who is here. And welcome to everybody who is online. It's great to have you here. My name is Sean, one of the pastors here on this team. And we're just excited, as you've heard earlier, that you take some time out of your day today to be with us. Are you excited to be in church, people? Now you come to a good day. I'm telling you, I mean, as Pastor Tyson shared with us moments ago, it's the start of Holy Week. And last week, you may recall if you heard the lesson that we were talking about, but we actually spoke on this idea of Palm Sunday. Well, today is Palm Sunday. Today is Palm Sunday that happened 2,000 years ago. It's confusing and all, but we celebrate Palm Sunday. And it's exciting that you would take some time today. And I got to tell you, when Pastor Josh was leading that song and when your voices were being, were, were raising themselves, and you were saying the word Hosanna. How beautiful was that? You know, here's the thing. I don't know who you are, some of you. You're new to us today. Some of you are familiar faces to me today. But if there is one thing that you could walk away with today, is this, that Jesus wants to save you. He is the Hosanna. And I'm not even started preaching yet, but that's good, right? So, like, let's go today. This is going to be good. Now, this is how we're going to do this. I, I need to know here in the room today, who are my feet people? You are the people who enjoy your feet being touched. Now, who are you? Massage, tickling, that's weird, but we've got some people, okay? Now, hands down. Who are my non-feet people? Can I see you? Okay, all right. So like, here's the deal. Um, Lisa and I, we're on opposite ends of this spectrum when it comes to this. I'm a foot guy. Like, I will lay on the couch and I'm like, Lisa, I would really appreciate a foot massage. And she will tell me, get, long, get gone. Right? Like, she's like, just get out of my path, okay? I try. And she just doesn't want to do it. She does not want to touch my feet or anybody's feet. It disgusts her. Yes? So the best part about it is with Lisa, she doesn't like her feet being touched. So guess what I like to do? Uh, she's laying on the couch, and I will walk down to where her feet are laid up, and I will grab her Oh, she's not even letting me. She's like, already. But this idea. So she's laying there and she thinks that I'm passed by, but I love it. There's just those odd moments where I'm walking by her and I see her there and I just quickly stick out my finger, go <laughs> up her foot, and then she kicks me. <laughs> it's, it's totally awesome. But uh, this, this idea. Uh, so for some of us who are the feet people, though, th this is important for you. Have you ever had a fish pedicure before? Because there, there's something called a gararufa. If you've not seen gararufa before, these are what we call doctor fish. This is a real thing. About five years ago, I did this for the very first time. I sat on a bench. I hung my feet in this tank, and this is what happened. That is not my foot, so don't be grossed out. I don't know whose it is. But has anybody tried the, the fish pedicure before? couple people. How many of you would love to try this now? All the feet people? No. Now, you're probably wondering, like, why are you talking about your feet and her feet and feet fish pedicure and all that kind of stuff? Here's, here's the reason. Because in the Bible, actually, feet have a lot of importance to them. There, there is a symbolism to feet that is very important. And as we are in our second week of this mini-series called The King, uh, the king, whose name is Jesus, actually wants to talk to you about your feet. He kind of wants to touch your feet. Kind of sounds weird, right? But Jesus wants to do something with feet today. And so we're going to take a look at what he's trying to say to us in the text that we're going to use. So we're going to go to John chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. If you do not have your Bibles, we're going to have the words on the screen for you. But this is what it reads. It says, before the Passover celebration, let's stop for a second. So before the Passover celebration, which is going to be happening in the calendar that, that it presents itself, it happens this coming Friday. This is that week that we're talking about in the Holy Week. So before the Passover celebration, Friday is about to begin. This story kind of picks up on Thursday in the calendar, and this is what Jesus is trying to say to us. Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and to return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during the ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus, 
knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, it says, and he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist, he poured water into a basin, then he began to wash the disciples, what does it say? Feet. I know some of you non-feet people, you got squirmish there, even as we read that. And he began to dry them with a towel that was placed around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, Peter, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but, but someday you will. And Peter just looks back at Jesus like, no way. You're not touching my feet. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replies back to Peter. He's like, well, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. So Peter gets a little bit more crazy. Then why don't you wash my hands and my head as well? Lord, just not my feet. It's like, Peter, this is not bath time with Jesus, okay? Like, just, just relax. But Jesus does reply, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the, what does it say again? Feet. To be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. And that's what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. And after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and asked, do you understand what I am doing? You call me teacher and Lord, you call me the king and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Oh, this is going to get good. It's interesting, isn't it? When we hear that, that Jesus, for all of us non-feet people, wants you to wash some feet today. What does that mean? So we're going to look at it. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for listening to them, for doing them. Let's pray as we've read the word of the Lord today. Father, thank you for your word. Your word is life. Thank you that we have a king in King Jesus today who gives this beautiful example. And I ask today that we would not just be hearers of the word, but as you communicated here, we would be doers of the word. As our king has showed us what to do, may we as his servants, as his followers, do what he did. So Jesus, I thank you for this time. Use it for your glory alone. I love you, and I thank you for this time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, everybody said? Amen. The subject that I would like to speak to us on today is feet to eat. Now today, as I said, is Palm Sunday. And this is the moment where Jesus rode into Jerusalem making the declaration that he is the king. This king came in not kind of wielding a sword and looking for war as what the Jews were looking for. They were looking for someone to overthrow the Roman regime that was there. But Jesus rode in on a donkey. And that donkey uh, symbolized one thing, peace. That this king was going to be all about peace. He was going to be about humility. It says that in the text that he was in the center of the procession that was happening as he rode into Jerusalem on that very last ride. He was a dead man riding. And as he makes his way, the people around him are making this declaration, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now Jesus decides to ride into Jerusalem one last ride, and then Jesus actually wants to have one last supper with his disciples. The intriguing part about having this supper is Jesus wanted to have a sit-down at a table. Now, you are seeing that there are two tables because they represent two different stories. The reality is, is these were the same table. Oftentimes in our Christian literature, we'll look at this table, the Lord's table, and we'll do communion together. And yet over here, when we come to the foot washing ceremony that Jesus gave, some of us don't understand that they were a part of the same story. We lift this one quite a bit, and rightfully so, because every month just about in the evangelical church, we will have some sort of communion service. Every week in the Catholic church, Mass is a part of their story, because this is what is important. 
but the idea is that these tables were brought together. And so as Jesus is making his last ride into Jerusalem, he knows in his head, I've got some unfinished business with them before I leave. And so at a table, he decides to share these moments together. But this table over here was really important because it was the Passover. This is why everybody had flooded Jerusalem that day is because they were about to remember again their freedom convoy out of Egypt. That's what it was. They were excited to celebrate yearly about what was going to take place. And yet what Jesus was about to do with this table combined was to say to his people, this is my kingdom. I am the king. And my kingdom followers need to now do what I do. And that's where Jesus kind of takes us to this place. I don't know if you've ever, when it comes to these tables and these pictures before, but it reminds me of a game or perhaps an exercise that maybe you have done. It's a game called Connect the Dots. Has anybody ever tried a Connect the Dots before? I mean, some of us are, many of us are adults right now and are like, we're not playing Connect the Dots. Seriously, go to the dollar store, pick up a Connect the Dot book, and you won't be able to put it down, right? Because what you're doing is you're connecting the dots to create a picture of what is taking place. What Jesus is doing with this table today is he's connecting the dots. He's taking his 33 years of existence on the earth. He is combining it with centuries upon centuries of time, prophecy, and prediction. And he's connecting the dots with his disciples one last time. Because in just moments, he is about to be betrayed and he is about to be led to a cross. And this is it. So he's connecting the dots one more time. And this is kind of where our story begins to pick up. And as I look at this text, I see three things today that I would like to share with us as we go through what he is trying to communicate to us today. Number one, God's kingdom works in reverse order. Now, fee washing was a very necessary custom of that day because of where they were and the culture in which they were in. People worked in the fields, the dirty fields. People were on long journeys. Oftentimes it was by foot to get to their place. So as their sandals struck the floor, dirt would happen. And what was common is that before you came to the table, you would have to have your feet washed. So a guest would walk into the room of the home, and what would take place there is that the servants, uh, the household servant would come and wash your feet. They would come over to you. You may not even have known them. And they would begin to wash your feet. It was important for them to wash the feet so that you could get to the table. I was thinking about this because um, I want you to place into your mind today um, a person of royalty. Who would be a person of royalty that you'd like to have a meal with? Think about that for a second. Put that person in your head. Royalty. You were invited to do this. So you're invited to this gala and you're sitting down. And for the sake of our conversation, I'll just pick one of the most probably popular people that we have, the Queen of England. So you're invited to a gala and you're able to sit at the table of the Queen of England. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it not? Right? You're sitting there and halfway through the meal, the Queen gets up. She takes off her outer garment. She grabs a towel. She grabs a bowl. She walks over to you. You, who don't like your feet being touched at all. She grabs your foot, takes off your shoe. She begins to wash your feet. What would you do? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Like, what? I like my feet being touched. But I'm like, don't touch me. You're old. Like, no, I wouldn't say that. That's totally disrespectful. Uh, don't, don't do this. Just don't do it. Why? Because royalty are wined and dined. Royalty are given opulence. We do this for people of prestige. And yet in this moment, we see Jesus, who's already clarified he's the king, rode in on a donkey. People have followed him, watched him. It says that Jesus gets up and he removes his outer garment. And it says that he takes a towel and he wraps it around himself. And he walks up to each of those disciples at a table. That's kind of gross, but he does it because it's their culture. It was their custom. He grabs a towel and he, you know, reaches over and he gets into the, into the water and he begins to 
lap the, the water upon their feet. And a lot like those disciples who are sitting there thinking, this should not be happening. I mean, he's already made his statement that he's the king, and yet the king is washing my feet. Sounds a little bit reversed, doesn't it? In what's happening. And that's the point of Jesus, is that although he was the king, he, he steps into this moment with his boys that night, and through a very selfless act of humility, he begins to wash their feet to make a point. That when you belong to my kingdom, he says, this is what you're to do to other people. You're not supposed to just listen to what I'm talking to you about. I want you to do it. I want you to look at people all around you. And I'm looking at a lot of people around me today. Jesus' command to me is, how can I wash your feet? Just like you should be asking the question, how can I wash other people's feet? It's beautiful, really, what Jesus does in this moment. Except we've got a problem with this. If we were to be honest, many of us, we like to be served, don't we? <laughs> um, that's why I had children. Uh, ser serve me, right? Take care of my stuff, right, kids? Yeah, that's good. No, not so much. Okay. <laughs> now they're checked out of the message. Okay, so that's why some of us are married, isn't it? Oh, is that too, too close to home? Um, I want him or her to serve me. Have you ever felt, don't put your hand up, but have you ever felt that? I know I have. Some of us walk into a restaurant, look at that waiter and that waitress as if they're there to serve you. <laughs> oh, you just got this wrong and now I'm going to lose my marbles on you. Really? Is that what Jesus, is that what Jesus does? Um, or you go to that doorman. We think that we're to be served. And, and some of us, because of our accomplishments, our role in society and our jobs, we think that people should serve us because we're that important, we're that good. I think we have this tug of war in our lives where we think that we should be served. And yet Jesus takes off his outer garment and that, that outer garment today is so important for us because I think it symbolizes something for all of us, not Jesus, but for us. I think that outer garment symbolizes an attitude that I deserve to be served. You should serve me. And yet Jesus' reverse order in the kingdom of God is saying, it's not you that's got to be served, it's you that should be serving somebody else. Can you imagine what a world would look like if we all decided to learn how to serve one another instead of saying, take care of me. And I think today that as Jesus takes off his outer garment and he takes the towel and he begins to wash his disciples' feet, they are stunned. They are shocked at what is taking place. And Jesus is saying, exactly, boys, this is what I need you to do. This is what I need you to be. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, even shows us about this king that we talk about today, where he says, the son of man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. What Jesus is telling us on this side of the table is that to belong to this king, to be a part of his kingdom, is how to serve. How are you going to serve? And Jesus ups the ante over here, but he says, who gave his life a ransom for many. I'm not asking you to die today, but I'm asking you to die to self so that you could lift up somebody else. And we're going to talk about this in a second. But it's beautiful what Jesus does at this table today. And it leaves a question for you and I today, and it's this when it comes to serving the way our king did. What are the outer garments you have to remove in order to better serve someone else today? What are those attitudes? What are those things that stand in your path today that make you think I'm worth serving rather than me serving you? And it's interesting in the life of our church this last week, we've had some real beautiful moments as to um, how we were able to serve. We yesterday celebrated a celebration of life here in this church for Al LeCain. The LeCain family is renowned in the Langford community. And many people gathered yesterday to pay homage or honor and tribute to him. This was something that we weren't expecting, but as we walked with the LeCain family and were able to help them in their moments of grief, we had all the services uh, in this room yesterday from red surge to police to ambulatory to fire. Like, it was unbelievable. And in a moment that you are sitting in the seats, we proclaimed Jesus Christ. And we served people 
by taking care of them in their uncertainty. It was a beautiful moment that, and I don't know why, that Jesus dropped into our lap. Can you take off your outer garment, Collwood Church, to serve somebody else? We liked, we did it. Maybe on Wednesday you were able to see um, our social media post. And uh, what we've decided to do is for once a month for the next you know, year is we're highlighting businesses in our community. These people do not come to our church. I don't even know if they have faith in Jesus Christ, but we decided that we were going to serve our community with our social media. So this last week, we actually, for the very first time, we put the first business that was out, and it was your suggestion of Pilgrim Coffee House. Have you been to Pilgrim Coffee House? Because if you haven't, we're asking Colwood Church to go serve them this week or within this month. Go get a coffee, as disgusting as it is. Uh, not theirs, my opinion of it, okay? But to go. And it's been beautiful to see how we can, as a church, serve our community and these businesses. And people have asked me, what do you want? What are you trying to get out of this? Here's the answer. Nothing. We're here to be for our community, are we not? And so we're going to take our means of people, we're going to lift up people else around us, and we're going to hopefully see that Jesus will make his kingship known in their lives too. Amen? That's what we're believing. So first thing that Jesus does is he takes a towel. He washes the feet. The second thing that I see in the text is that Jesus washes us clean. Jesus positions himself in front of Peter, and to which Peter is like, eh, no thank you, <laughs> I'll pass. And I think some of us are like Peter today, yeah? I've been that way before. Jesus, you're not touching my feet, come on. Well, Sean, I, I really need to wash your feet right now. No, Jesus, I'm okay. I think we're a lot like Peter. And Jesus' response to Peter is very critical for all of us to see today. The point that I'm really trying to make with this, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what pathway you are on, is that it is this. Jesus is the only one who could truly wash you clean. Nothing else can. Nothing else will. And I know some of us today are like, Sean, that's pretty harsh. I'm just here to remind us again. I didn't write the book. I'm just talking from it. It's Jesus who is saying, I'm the one that could wash you. I'm the one that could take your life and do something beautiful with it. And although what we read in John 13 is very literal, washing feet, washing feet, washing feet, what I think Jesus is doing is he's trying to teach you and I a very spiritual lesson, one that we're going to get to in just a quick moment, but that lesson is invaluable to us, ultimately pointing to that if you do not allow Jesus to wash you, he says that you don't belong to him. And that's heavy. So I'm going to ask this question today. What does Jesus need to wash from you today? What part of you doesn't belong to him? How can Jesus wash you today? The third and the last thing that we're going to speak about today is this. Unexpected Jesus. In Luke chapter 22, it reads that Jesus is very eager to get to this Passover meal. You understand that for a second? Can we pause on that just for a moment? Jesus is really eager to get to this part of the table because he's about to die. Really, Jesus? You're that eager to get to this so that you could go to that? Intriguing, don't you think? Have you ever been eager for a meal before? <laughs> Some of you are like, quickly wrap this thing up. I'm hungry right now. And I totally understand that. But it says they come to this, this meal and Jesus is very, very eager to get there. And the interesting part about this side of the table today is that, needless to say, they are all stunned already. I mean, he did this. I mean, we're supposed to be here doing our thing, Jesus, but this. And they are sitting there thinking, this is unexpected as it is already. You touched my feet. You're the king. The servant is supposed to do this. And Jesus is saying, that's me. I am the servant king. How many of you are excited that you have a servant king today? Because that's who Jesus is. So they're stunned already. Oh, what's going on here? 
And then he comes over to this one over here. And this is very important because what Jesus is about to do is he's about to double down on the conversation of the table. He is about to move them from feet to eat. And it's all the same thing. He's trying to make a point that is going to be important for you and I today. Now, for the Jewish person, this is very important. In fact, it's mission critical. Because every single year, they had been told the story of their deliverance out of Egypt. And this story becomes really important to their story. It's why they came together. Because what happened at Passover is they would take a lamb. And that lamb was symbolic of what happened in Egypt. Because one of the instructions God gave that before he was about to deliver them out of Egypt, he said, I'm going to sweep through Egypt one more time. And if there is not blood on your doorposts, death is going to come to your home. Again, harsh story, but it's the reality. How did they get the blood? Well, part of it was that they sacrificed these things called lambs. And when the lamb was sacrificed and the blood was spread around the doorpost, it meant that they were okay. Not only that, the spilt blood of the lambs over and over every single year in Jerusalem meant that the forgiveness of sins would come. But Jesus at this table says, no more lambs. It's not what we're doing anymore. Here's why. Because there's one lamb. And I'm it. Whoa. What are you talking about, Jesus? I mean, not only have you touched my feet, you're about to do something. And it's interesting, right? Because Jesus decides to take some emblems as a symbol of what was going to take place. And with his disciples that day, he decides to do something very important. I'm the lamb. I am it. I am your sacrifice. So what Jesus does, and you have your emblems ready. So go ahead. Let's open them up. It's noisy. It's fun. Let's get it out of the way. Okay, come back to me. Jesus, unexpected Jesus. He's like, you've done it a, a long time, a certain way for centuries. Guess what, boys? It's different. Jesus picks up a piece of bread and it shows us that he, he breaks it. And he says, guess what? No longer lamb after lamb, me. And he says, he breaks it and, and you've got to put yourself in a first century Jewish boy's mind. He's playing around with everything that they've been taught, everything that they've known. Have you ever had one of those moments happen to you? It's like mind blown. And he takes it and he's like, I want you to take a piece of this because what is happening is that this is going to be my body that's broken for you. So he walks around with his disciples. And he's like, go ahead, take a piece, right? He's like, just take, take a little, little spot here. Something just for you, for you and for you. And his disciples are thinking, oh, the feet thing. Ah. And yet he's, he's doing this. He's like, go ahead, just take a, take a little piece right? And he's making a declaration that this is my body. I know it's hard bread, isn't it? This is my body that's broken for you. And in fact, what I want you to do from this point forward is I want you to take a piece. I want you to remember. What does he want us to remember? He wants us to remember this, that we've got a servant king who is willing to wash us clean. He wants us to remember because his body was broken. And I guarantee you for those disciples, it all changed that day. They quickly realized who this king was. One willing to sacrifice it all with death as the ultimate goal. To live again. Today we come back to this part of the table to know that we've got a king who's victorious. He loves you for who you are. No matter your stains, no matter your blemishes, he loves you. And with his boys, take this bread, break it, eat it, and do it in remembrance of me. Let's partake together today.
And then Jesus has said, took a cup of wine. Disclaimer, not a cup of wine. He takes this cup of wine and it really takes us back to the second point that Jesus washes us clean. Have you ever noticed that um, when blood spills, it doesn't really wash much clean? It stains everything. But not so with the blood of Jesus. And he's making a point again today that it's the blood of Christ that washes your sins. It makes you clean again if you accept his sacrifice and what he did for us. And that as he hung on that cross and as he bled, it was that again that washed us clean. I can't tell you how thankful I am for the blood of Jesus Christ. He's changed my life. And he wants to change yours. This is who he is. And that night in an upper room in Jerusalem, he forever changed 12 men, 11 actually at that stage. To know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And his name is Jesus. And he says, drink in remembrance of me. We drink together today. Will you stand with me today? We're going to respond in worship. Can you look at this table one more time? Because this table right here is for you. We've got a king who wants to wash your feet. You want to know the one person whose feet Jesus did wash that night? Who was part of the story? Judas. The same guy that betrayed Jesus. Don't put up your hand for this. Have you ever betrayed Jesus? Have you ever denied him? You want to know the thing about my king? Is he takes me back and he washes me again. Even the good old Judas that wants to rise up in me at times. He allows me his love. And then this Jesus invites me to the most sacrificial thing I've ever witnessed in my life. How he died for me. And I want you to know today that he's died for you. And he desires the relationship with you. Are you thankful you don't have to sacrifice lamb anymore? But that one lamb, once and for all, did it all. You know, we're going to make our declaration next Sunday morning, and it's going to be good, as Easter Sunday is here. But today, I want us to, in worship, to respond to the servant king, the sacrificial king. His name is Jesus, and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. On Palm Sunday, religious people stood in the way of those people who were crying out, Hosanna! And he said, if they do not cry out, the rocks will take over. So, I'm asking that we get rid of all the rocks in the room today. Can we for a moment worship the king? Part of this song says that you have no rival, you have no equal. Can we give our attention to the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Pastor Josh, lead us. Church, let's sing. Let's worship our King today. You were the Word at the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. You're hidden in glory in creation, now What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Didn't 
King Jesus. You may be in this room today and you have never submitted to this King. I'm here to tell you that you will find no one on the face of this earth. There is no other God. There is no other ruler. 
who has laid down his life for your freedom the way Jesus has. And he invites you to a relationship today. He wants to be your king. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom. Maybe you are here today and on the count of three, if you'd like to accept this king, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and then you could place it right back down. If you're online, this applies to you too. Jesus sees you where you are at today and he wants to speak to you as well. But if that's you today in this place, you're saying, I want King Jesus to be my savior. Just on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anybody in this room? I see that hand. I see that. Thank you. I see you. If you're online, you could click that link. If you're online, you could text LIFE to 250-478-7113. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I see you today. You are my king. Thank you so much that you came to wash my feet today, that you've allowed me to be clean because of what you have done at the cross. Thank you for being my servant king. Thank you today that you were my selfless king and you laid down your life for me. I'm so thankful today. Now, Jesus, come and forgive my sin. Let your blood be the washing of my life that I may stand right before you today. Thank you that you love me and you invite me to this. Jesus, I give you my life today. I want to be a part of your kingdom. Now help me to be a person as well who doesn't need to be served, but who serves. And help me to lay down my life so that you could do your work through me. For the rest of us, Father, as we head into this week, into this holy week, may we be reminded today that God's kingdom is in reverse order. Can we be reminded this week that, Jesus, you've come to wash us? And may we be reminded that you are an unexpected Jesus. You have the best for me. And I ask this week that you will allow us to remove those outer garments, those attitudes that stand in the way of what you desire in me. I pray that you will also help us this week to lift up somebody else above me and my needs. I belong to your kingdom, so help me to be a kingdom follower today. Jesus, I love you. I'm so thankful today that you have done what you have done for being the lamb who was slain, who is worthy of it all. I love you, and I give you praise. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, now I'm wondering, church, if we could give praise to our king today for who he is what he has done. A couple things as you make your way out today. If you're new with us for the very first time, please go and see Pastor Tyson and James as they're going to be in the Welcome Center over here to say good morning to you. Remember that this week you move with feet to eat. Go and be the hands of Jesus. Next weekend is Easter Let's do this well. Invite somebody. Get excited because the king is risen. Amen. And we're ready to go with it. And so as you go, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday morning as we celebrate a risen Savior. We love you. Have an excellent week.